Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. This morning, I had a a message all planned for today and I was excited to preach it. And the other day, I just felt like the Lord was prompting me to... uh, I just felt like the Lord was stirring in my heart some things, just continuing some areas. So I want to talk this morning, the title of my message, and it could be titled many things, but it's called Loving Unconditionally, or it it could be Loving with Purpose. There's a lot of things you could call that, but Loving Unconditionally. And um, my phone rang, my, I'll be specific, my chaplain phone rang here this last week. And as you know, that's not a, a good thing when that happens, although I appreciate the opportunity to serve in the community. So I answered it, and it wasn't good, but I wasn't able to respond to this particular call because of my schedule. But it was something that just again uh, reiterated to me the importance of some things that I believe God wants to continue to deliver to us in his word, some things about the importance of loving each other and what that means and how we do that. And uh, some of you maybe saw what happened on the news. Just So we lost a first responder who was a battalion chief, fire battalion chief, who took his life. And again, it stirs in me emotion to say, Lord, not only we need you, but we need each other. We need each other. There's a scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5, and it's not going to be on the screen But it says this, may the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. I want to mention something key in here because it says, may the Lord lead, may the Lord lead your heart. And there's many scriptures that the Lord leads us, leads us beside still waters. He leads us down the path of righteousness. He's leading us. My wife and I were talking the other day. She was telling me about, because I'm, I'm not a dancer. I don't dance. And so she was telling me about the two-step. And I'm like, okay, and I was trying this. And it, okay, I could figure it out. But she said, no, but you have to lead. What do you mean I have to lead? That's the man's job. You have to lead. I'm like, and she said, and I'll, I'll just follow. Well, I see this as the Lord. He's the one who leads And so he's leading in direction of drawing us to his love, and he's leading us there. He doesn't force anything. He doesn't pressure. He doesn't push. He leads. He's leading our hearts into something. He's leading our hearts into loving him, and he's leading our hearts into loving people. And there's a full understanding and the expression of his love that he wants us to grab a hold of. And there's patient endurance that happens through this process. We are enduring things, but it comes from Christ. Love is a hard issue that takes time to unfold. Love is a forgiveness of wrongs, looking past offenses and mistakes of others. Love doesn't keep score of someone's errors. It is gentle and kind. Placing a person's needs or feelings ahead of our own is acts of love. Lord, I pray as we look into some more scripture and talk this morning of your incredible love and then understanding First of all, the unconditional love that you have for us and then the unconditional love that we have for each other and the importance of that in each other's lives. I just pray that we would hear from you this morning your heart and understand your heart for us. You love us so much. You love us so much. And Lord, I I pray that we are just able to even get a 
portion of that to return to those that we surround ourselves in life. I pray blessing on every person here today in every situation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Statistics in the United States say that one in five or 20% of every person suffers from some sort of mental health issue here in the United States. And it's no different in what circles you run in, what church you go to, where you live, where you work, although there's some job that elevates that percentage. But on average, sitting here today, many of us understand this. And those who don't, we need to understand it. Last week, I was talking about how so often it gets treated as a plague or something like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to stay away from that when the reality is that God is drawing us into being part of what he's asking in regards to this. In 1 Peter chapter 5, starting in verse 6, it says, So humble yourself under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. See, that's probably one of the most challenging verses. We look at this in in verse 7. Give all your worries and cares to God. It's easy to say it. It's a whole other thing to do it. This is a challenge for me all the time. It's like, Lord, but I'll give it to you, but yet I need to hold on just to a little bit of this. And it's hard. But we understand that he cares about us. He loves us. And I think that the challenge that we face comes from the next verse. Because it tells us, it encourages, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's all he does. He's just looking and scoping everything else like, who can I get? Who can I devour? But it tells us here, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember, because this is key, the standing firm isn't what we do just by ourselves, Because we can't do that on our own says here, remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. We're in this thing called life together. Being alone and being isolated is a tool the enemy loves to use. He loves to pull us out of the family, pull us out of those who love us, and get us in a place of just saying, I just need to isolate myself and get away. There's some good things in that regard in some sense, but I believe that God is calling us, first of all, to run to him, because he's leading us that direction anyway. And then allow the people around you that love you, that love us. We need to allow those people around us because guess what? They're going through stuff too. And that's okay. Because we always feel like, well, it's only just me. I'm weird or I'm going through. I just, you know, the reality is we're all going through stuff. And so we must gather with others and allow them to share in our challenges and the things that we're going through. It's okay. First Peter 1, starting in verse 22 You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now, so now, as believers, you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply, deeply with all your heart. I love what the Message Bible says. The Message Bible says, love one another as if your life depends on it. And guess what it does from time to time? It does depend on those around you. Your life literally does. Yes, we depend on God, but this verse is here. I have personally seen this in action in our church, where I see people interacting in this church with each other, and I can tell the love that is exchanged that I'm here for you. I want to be in the middle of what you're going through. That's good. I'm going to read a scripture here, and then I'm going to ask for some volunteers to come up here and help me with this. 
1 Peter 2, 5 says this, And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. We're all living stones. We're all a part of what God is building, his spiritual family. And guess what living stones do? They fit together, they work together, and they do something very important. What's more, you are his holy priests. Really? Whoa, that's a pretty high level. We're his holy priests? Through the meditation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. I want 10 volunteers to come up here, 10 people. If you can live three pounds-ish or so, because I don't want to create any health risks for anybody. 10 people, come on. There we go. There's 10. Now, I would appreciate if each one of you or the men could actually grab a couple and give to the ladies, and then everybody have one of these. So here's the plan. Remember, you don't have to remember your specific stone. Just remember where you place it on the table. So this is what we're going to do. We'll start down here, and we'll just one at a time. And we're going to go four, four across, three, two, one. Okay, so just start with Diana. You place yours. And remember where your block is. Awesome. Okay, and just offset them. There we go. That's right. Well, Melanie, guess what? You are the capstone. Okay, so let's see what we got. Who put this one in here? You did? You want to grab that one out of there for me, Jacob? Jenga? You can go ahead and hold that if you want to. Okay. So far, so good. Capstone, you do me a favor and remove your brick for me? Oops. Go ahead. You can set it down on the table. Now, hopefully you see a little bit of something here. So all of these people, they're all living stones. They're part of a spiritual family that God puts together. So each one represents, each one of these people represent one of these, and they've knitted themselves together to create this incredible looking feature, a wall. But what happens is, as we notice when Jacob removed his, it was still okay, but there was obviously a gap, and it probably put a little pressure on stone number one, the top one, and maybe others. And then when we saw the top one, then boom, that one falls, probably could have created damage, certainly would have hurt in some fashion if we were human beings landing on each other. <laughs> but this is kind of what it is in the body of Christ and as a church. When something happens and we pull ourselves out, things get tough. We get into a challenge. It's hard for us maybe to feel like, man, I just don't know that I can do this thing anymore. I just know if I can do be a part of you know, that person's life, or, or you sort of go, I, I just need to isolate myself. I need to just pull myself out of the wall. And then somebody else says, you know what, that person, now I wonder, they're not doing it, boy, and I needed them, and they're not there, so I'm out. And then all of a sudden, you can see what ends up happening when we're not there for each other. So I'm encouraging us this morning that we're all living stones. We're all part of his spiritual family that he's building. And we don't see the value in ourselves so often we think, oh, I'm just this, or I'm just that, or I just serve at City Espresso, or I just usher, or I just lead worship, or I just, or nobody even knows I'm here because I really don't do anything, but you don't know that there's somebody that comes here on Sunday and says, I sure hope so-and-so's there because I need them. Because we only think of ourselves. We think, oh, I'm not that important. I, but who's to say what other people think about us? and each other. Now, when I come to church, you know, I love seeing everybody, and that's awesome. And I know that personally, I can't every day be a part of everybody's life, but there's times where I know 
that, man, no matter what, I've got to be a part of that person's life today or this week. And we all have those places where we have to know that it's not just about us. Because it's easy to remove ourselves from whatever the situation is for ourselves, because we don't really feel necessarily what just happened there because we're out. <laughs> Somebody else just felt that, and they're looking like, where did that support go? Where'd that person go? So I want to encourage us as living stones in this spiritual wall that God is creating. Because when the enemy comes in like a flood, what does the Bible say? The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against them. We believe that 100%. There's still a part we play in this whole thing. Thank you guys so much. You can back to your seat. I'm just going to leave that there. If we believe that God cares for us, yes, he does. We must care for each other in the same way that we know and believe that he cares for us. Here's the challenge that we all face. The things that we cannot control and the things that we don't know are the things that create the anxiety, the stresses, those things that kind of start us down this path because we can't control it. And then we don't know what's down the road. We don't know where things are going. But God knows everything. And guess what? There's other people around us that might know something, that might even have an encouraging word, a scripture, just to say that, hey, I'm here with you. There's a scripture in Psalm 55, 22, and it, it, again, it's not on the screen, but English Standard Version says, cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Who are the righteous? Jesus came and fulfilled something. When he came to the cross, he made us righteous. Those that accepted him as Lord and Savior, we become righteous. He says, come on, send it my way. It says he'll sustain us. It didn't say he's going to take it away necessarily. I will say, I'll talk about this in a moment. But what Jesus did made it possible for us to be free. It really did. And the enemy wants to lock us up. He wants to lock our mind up. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. We must have people in our life who are messed up, just like we are. We need those people in our life. We need to rub shoulders with each other. It's important for us. And we need to be committed to each other. Because here's the thing. I was thinking about this. We are identical how we were created, what we came from, every one of us start with the same thing. The Bible says dust. But our bodies essentially are made up of water and oxygen. There's other elements and things. But we're 65% water. We have oxygen. But we're all the same in regards to our physical bodies. The challenge and the only difference is what is stored in our brain. And guess where that comes from? Our five senses. What we see, what we hear. We smell, we taste, we touch. That's what makes us who we are. And every one of us have a different experiences with our five senses. And what affects you may not affect somebody else the same way. It could be different. But what is in our brain, what's in our mind, really does, by what comes in through our senses, really makes us who we are. And when we begin to understand that somebody else's experiences through their senses is different or similar to ours, we begin to have a better understanding of what somebody's going through. That's why I, just the Lord over the last two, three years, it just, and, it, and continues in my heart because I get in, sometimes in this place of so tunneled about whatever I'm doing, my, where I'm going, what I'm doing, and not realizing that 
I'm probably standing three feet from somebody who may be frustrated about something, and I was like, dude, what's your problem? And the reality, he could be dealing with some incredible stresses in his life. But we kind of have to size up everybody based on our, how we think at that moment, how everybody should be. And the reality is we all have different experiences, and it affects us differently. We need each other. We need each other. And here, let me say this. If Jesus gave us everything we ever needed at the moment, like the moment you're sick, the moment you have a disease, the moment you have an anxious thought, the moment that you're depressed, the moment you're out of money, the moment that your marriage is in trouble, the, at the very moment before it even kicks in, every time if Jesus was like there, boom, 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 and taking care of all those things, and we just wouldn't have a care or worry in the world, and he's just there, and he's just like, man, on the spot. It's before we even experience any of the fallout from any of those things, we would never need another human being ever because we would solely be dependent on him and everything. But guess what? He didn't create us to be that way. Yes, he created us to have relationship with him, absolutely, but he also created us to have relationship with each other and depend on each other. And he poured life and he breathed air into every human being knowing that we would all be different, that we would all go through experiences and challenges, that we would face all of these things. He decided to create us with a free will. That's dangerous if you're asking the average person, but not God. He's like, no, I'm cool with that. Now it's going to cost. People aren't going to like me. People are like maybe not like other people, but they need to have a free will. They need to choose for themselves. They need to go through pain, suffering. They need to go through challenges. They need to understand what love is. All of these things. He said, I don't want a puppet. I don't want a robot. Because <laughs> he could be up there doing that with us and just fixing everything, figuring and just like, we would just, just be, yes, yes, yes. I love you. I don't like you. Yes. Okay. No. I mean, that's, there's nothing exciting about that. He created us to interact, but we're going to hurt each other. We're going to wound each other because we're human beings and we're fallible and we make mistakes. We sin. All of these things, that's who we are. Jesus said, I've made, we're righteous before him. We have to consider each other. We're righteous. Judgment is not part of who we are. Mercy, grace, love, but the greatest of everything. I mean, you go through the scripture in 1 Corinthians 13 and, and you read all that stuff. You could be the greatest person in the world and do everything right. But if you don't love like crazy, not worth anything. We have to love each other the way Jesus loves us. Guess what? Jesus surrounded himself with messed up people. I'm like, he's Jesus. He didn't need that. He didn't need to do that. He's like, I'm going to pick these disciples. Some of them are going to be pretty messed up. Peter and Judas, I'm thinking of a couple, especially Judas, knowing He's hanging out with this guy. He's sharing life with Judas, knowing, already knowing, that he's going to turn his back on him. He's going to betray him. He's going to mistreat him. He's going to sell him out. All, Jesus still knew all that, but he chose to hang out with him and pour into his life and wash his feet. Man, then what are we supposed to be doing? Just a question for each other. Because you could say, well, man, that person is just, man, they're just tiring him out. They're wearing me out. Jesus was worn out too. He's just like the rest of us. He was a human being and he went through and suffered through everything. He experienced all that. He even got tired and worn out. And I'm sure people drove him crazy. He would get away from time to time and refresh and come back. Spend some time in prayer. So important. If we want to feel love, because we all do, we're created that way. So we'd be arrogant to say, no, I don't need love. We do. Then we need to demonstrate that love to others. Yeah. I think the best 
the most encouraging things that I hear, and believe me, I, I love when people who, how do I say this, people who are doing great and everything is good in their life and, and they aren't having a care and a worry for the moment, and they come to me and say, hey, Pastor Steve, I just want you to know I'm there for you, I'm encouraging you, if you ever need anything, I'm there. I love that, yes, but you know what I love even more? When somebody who's messed up, who's going through challenges, whose life is just like, man, I just don't know what to do next. And they come up to me and say, hey, Pastor Steve, I just want to encourage you. I'm here for you. Is there anything I can do for you? I'm like, my, are you kidding me? Because you're the one that we want to rally around like now. You know, I'm thankful. I can use an example, and I'm not to call anybody out and embarrass anybody, but Chris Sagers, dude, he gets, he's in the hospital, and the doctor said, most of your heart's dead, and you only have a few months to live, whatever. And we're on the phone talking, and then he's asking me things. He's encouraging me. He's not thinking about, oh, Pastor Steve, my life's over. He's starting this path of, you know what, faith in God, trust in God. There's things God's called me to do. I love those kinds of conversations because it encourages me because I'm like, man, if Chris can do this, if somebody who's, they're in the toughest challenge of their life, whatever it is, and they can see through all of that and see there's a bigger picture that God is doing something greater. Oh, man. Isaiah 26, verse 3. And four, you being God will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always for the Lord is a great eternal rock. I love that because how rock solid. He is our rock. He's going to keep us in perfect peace. There's a peace that God just wants to release on us today as we love him, as we love people. 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. I think it's right now. This is a good place to give the Lord a thanks. Because if you've received Christ, you're a new person. You're a new creation. The enemy wants to lie to you to tell you, you know, hey, you don't have value. You've messed up. Look at all these things you've done wrong. Look what you did. You tried to do this. You tried to do that. Yeah. You, you've messed up your family. You've messed up your marriage. You, you messed up your job at work and all that. And why in the world would you think that there's anything good for you? Yeah. And we allow the enemy to tell us those things. Here we see in his word, it comes very clearly to us that as believers who come to Christ, we've been created now to be a new person. The old things are passed away. And some, some of us as believers need to revisit this as believers because as believers, we get lied to by the enemy. Hey, you know, before you were saved, you know, you did this and, you know, we understand that. But now that you're saved and you did this, no, you're not getting in. He's a liar, accuser of the brethren. We're a new creation. We are his masterpiece. It doesn't get better than that. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And maybe I'm prophesying to some of you today that today's a new day. Today's a new day. No matter where you stand, no matter where your relationship has been with the Lord, today is a new day. And you need to walk out of here with your head held high, saying, man, I'm a child of God. I'm a new creation. I'm his masterpiece. I can't wait to see what he's going to have for me this week. And I can't wait to pour into somebody else's life and to get out of my stuff and get into somebody else's stuff. It's good. It's good for us because it really does a work inside of us. Verse 18, and all of this is a gift from God. Wow, nice gift. I like it. That's a good gift. Who brought us back to himself through Christ. And here's the part here that 
we need to pay attention to. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. How do we do that? By getting in their business, getting in their life, build relationship, loving people, because we love people, and people see that we're genuine. This can't be a fake thing, by the way. It can't be just like, well, God, Pastor Steve said this, so I need to go love somebody. And then you walk up to somebody, hey, how you doing? Just wondering how you're doing. Uh, seems like I'm doing better than you. Well, pastor preached a message last Sunday, and he said I had to love people, so I'm just trying it on you. How's it working? No, I just, that's just not it. It's like we have this genuine, because of our love for him and his love for us, it really does release that and allows us to help to reconcile people to God. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Hit the bell on that one. Ding, 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 ding. Hey, that's what we're supposed to be doing the same. Stop counting people's sins. Well, brother, you sinned last week, so I can't hang out with you next week. Come on. That's when I, I just pray like the Lord smacks somebody upside the head and is like, guess what? You just sinned too. <laughs> but I'm still here. Some of us may have to take one of these home and just <laughs> like, <laughs> just don't do it to somebody else. <laughs> no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of re reconciliation. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to finish with this verse out of 2 Timothy 1.7. So many of us know this, but I want us to get this in again because it's important. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline or a sound mind. But you know what? Who gives us the spirit of fear? The enemy. He loves to try to give us that. But notice right here, it says God hasn't given us that. He's given us power. He's given us love. These things are from God. And he says, come on, just exercise these. Start using them. It's important for us to quote scripture or write scripture down and stick it somewhere in your house where you're going to read it in the morning when you get up or when you go to bed that be reminded of who God is and who he says you are because the enemy doesn't need to it's weird because he doesn't need to have his words in a book somewhere because he just he's just constantly trying to attack us God puts his words down because we need a reminder sometimes of who he is we need to believe that and unconditionally love just like Jesus did with his disciples and so many others that he was around let's stand this morning and we're gonna sing this song again if you're here today I just encourage you and I'm not I'm not saying anybody has to do anything particular but I do want to make a couple of requests because I, I believe it's so important that the enemy knows when we mean business and I think sometimes the action that we take is a, is a direct punch in the gut to him or stomping on his neck or whatever you want to do and sometimes we have to step out a little bit more than maybe our comfort zone in that. And I, I'm not saying if, if you don't do that, that something won't go right for you. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying sometimes it's good for us to be bold and take that step of faith and say, you know what? Satan, you are a loser. Lord, yes, 
I commit myself to you. I commit to loving you. I commit to loving people. So as we're singing this song, if you want to come up here to the front and make that between you and the Lord, it's just between you and God, whatever that might be. Maybe you're feeling like, I need to recommit myself to the Lord. And, and, or, or maybe you've never accepted Christ. And it's like, man, I want this Jesus who loves unconditionally. So as we sing, if you want to come up here, that's totally cool. But I, I just want to encourage us. things and allow things to happen in our life. We need to get a clue, join him in what he's doing, serving each other, loving each other. Because unfortunately, my phone will ring again because the enemy was able to speak lies or do something, you know, get somebody off track. that there's got to be something that we can do in helping each other. Maybe it's just a little bit. Maybe it's big, whatever it is. We can just, that we're there for each other and that we tell each other that we love each other, we're there for each other. And when you say, I'll do anything, that we would do that. You can call me at three o'clock in the morning if, if it, is something that's necessary. Don't do it just to tell me that what your favorite cereal is, but you can call me if there's a need. I need to know if you're in the hospital. I've had in the past, somebody says, Pastor, you never came saw me in the hospital. I said, you're in the hospital? I never knew. Well, I didn't want to bother anybody. It's okay, bother me. <laughs> Amen. Let's sing this song. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 